Welcome to the Land Your Bet Sports Betting Podcast. Coming to you here on a Sunday night after a full slate of NFL, as well as Drew Holiday on the move officially from Portland to Boston. So to kick things off, I got Nate Weitzer here, co-host of the All the Things Coast to Coast over on thelines.com. We're talking uh, about football and soon to be basketball, as we are probably most well known for that NBA Coast to Coast. So let's kick it off with NBA stuff, Nate. And before I even talk about any kind of win total changes, any kind of changes in odds, you are a Boston Celtics fan. What's your initial reaction? You're a cerebral Boston Celtics fan and oftentimes, reg- I think, well-regulated, not overly pessimistic or optimistic. So I'm trying to get your your opinion there as, as a C's fan and the type that you are. Thank you. Uh, well, when you had me on on Thursday to talk about Dame going to Milwaukee and my knee-jerk reaction was like, Boston or the, Buc- or the Bucks are winning the title. Um, and I guess I was kind of prescient thinking that this this type of trade would happen and now they have dead even odds to win the title win the east and clearly just seem like stacked teams that have a little bit of questions with their depth um i think boston now left a little bit strained i mean also losing grant williams big thing but really it's i mean i've always thought about how like marcus smart what if you could just flip him you know, we joked like, what if you could put Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart together so that they could each play one of the one side of the floor? And that's essentially what you get in Drew Holiday is just an absolutely elite defender who's not I mean, he's not an incredible offensive player, but he can be efficient. Um, and really what you get is an immediate answer to Milwaukee as the best individual defender to throw at Damian Lillard and, and look at his last ten against Drew. Dame has been really rough on, in the efficiency department, 40%, 27% from deep. He's at minus 106. He has some high turnover games in here head-to-head against Drew. He has He's on the record saying Drew Holiday is the best perimeter defender in the league, along with lots of other stars, so he knows he will give him trouble. And, and you also have Derek White that the C's were able to hold on to there. Uh, I mean, futures in the NBA always health dependent always really got to think down the line about what's going to happen I, I mean but are you going to tell me Kristaps Porzingis is more injury prone than Rob Williams if that's the guy you need to hold up like I think he's a little bit more reliable and and I just think the C's now with better coaches around Joe Missoula and and more options for him because they can play five out because they have a more uh or, you know fundamental offensive player in Drew Holiday. They, they are the team to beat. They are better than the Bucks on paper. Um, and so that's where I stand. Uh, but it's going to be a long season. Amazing. Let, let me, let me, I'm not even going to respond to any things you said. I think you said a lot of stuff that I agree with. I'll just get into a few things for Boston. I think I want to talk about Miami a little bit uh, at the end. And obviously want to talk about Milwaukee as now these two teams are inextricably tied together. Uh, Dame and Drew somewhat tied together, mostly probably because Drew has what we can consider a crater-sized chip on his shoulder, I would imagine at this point. I don't even think you can call it a chip if his entire shoulder is blown off because he's so ready to just go out uh, and, and really prove, not necessarily anybody wrong, but prove that that he's not uh, his value is greater than that of, of a trade piece, even for a generational offensive talent like Damian Lillard. So uh, looking at Boston's roster now, I know we went through the other teams involved in the Damian Lillard trade. We went through their rosters on the last one. But just looking at Boston real quick and, and how this rotation might look, I think you got to have Derek White in there at this point. I think we've established that. 
uh, that he that he's probably if he's not going to be a starter, he's got to be the first guy off the bench. So he's like heavy minutes guy, but I think he's the odd man out in terms of rotation. So the at point guard, you're going to put Drew there at this point. You've got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Al Horford. A couple of things I want to bring up, and I want to look at these two teams through the lens of how this goes really well for the Celtics and for the Bucks, and, and how it could go wrong. For the Celtics, really good. Cannot think of a better player for them to pick up. As you just said, everything about Marcus Smart injecting offense into his game, well, that's Drew Holiday. You've now got a similar defender, actually a bit bigger defender in Drew Holiday, who can probably guard a few more positions, although Marcus was really good at times bothering big guys. Uh, I would also say uh, if, if Chris Stapps is healthy, that's really it. Like everything else I would say off of this point is just, is he healthy? Because if he is, if he gives you 60 games and is ready at the end of the season to play in the playoffs, I think that that's worth it. And now you've made a trade that makes you better in the situations that you needed to get better. You worry maybe, and we'll look at, could be bad. You worry maybe about a lack of defense down low if Chris Stapps is not healthy. And even if he is, the backup coming in at this point, you lost Grant Williams and you lost Rob Will. But Rob Will played 35 games last season, and this team was still sixth in terms of limiting centers on the other team scoring. Rebounds about middle of the pack. So they can still group rebound as well as anybody with, with the two wings that they have. The way that it does go bad is they can't guard centers in the playoffs is really what I see it turning into is, is does a, a, a tandem like Allen or Mobley, if something happens with the 76ers, that's good. Does Embiid give you trouble at that point? Giannis and Brolo, though, that's how, how who you're looking at in the playoffs that you have to stop. And obviously, once you get to the West, some form of probably Jokic yes. or AD, guys like Sabonis would give them trouble. Would, would Does that worry you at plus 165 to win the East? If you do think they're better than the Bucks, is that worth it? What do you think of of, of that uh, analysis there? No, I mean this. The roster is not finalized. Like there will be buyout candidates. Like Daniel Tice will probably wind up back on the Celtics or some other scrappy big man. Like it's not that hard to find a center to find bodies to throw at Joel Embiid, who apparently just stops himself in the playoffs when the uh, Sixers implode, implode, and start infighting. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they. There's still plenty of depth to be found here. I think the fact that you have Brad Stevens steering this ship now just really has to encourage you that as a former coach, just knowing exactly what button to push if you can, as knowing like FM picks, like I'm trying to win right now and going to get Derek White with with picks or whatever. It's just like it, it's it's a breath of fresh air for I think for a fan base and probably for a team to be able to build that way uh, where you're not just like thinking down the line, down the line. He's just like, no, who can I get on this team right now that will help us win a championship? Yeah, as opposed to fantasy basketball owner Danny Ainge when he was the manager of the team who just sort of treated his 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 team as though like he was always going to just get the next best piece to put alongside those two guys as opposed to just constructing a roster that made sense that could play together for maybe more than one or two seasons at a time, like you were saying. So yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I do think that this makes them the favorite because, and I'll move on to Milwaukee uh, to talk about that. And I'll just start with what could be bad for them. Cause I think we, one, it's easy to talk about what could be good. We're going to watch probably what I would predict to be one of the best, uh, at least for one or maybe two seasons, we're going to watch the best pick and roll duo that we might've ever seen in terms of a roller and Giannis and a point guard and Dame. And I heard a really good point that Giannis doesn't like to be the roller. He feels like it's beneath him as someone who's so highly paid. But Dame is going to earn his respect as someone that he will roll off of. He's like, sure, there's a few guys I would just go ahead and, and you know, acquiesce to whatever it is that they want to do off of the, off of the pick and roll. 
what could be bad though is wing wing and and perimeter defense pat Connaughton is what the best remaining wing defender in my opinion at this point i suppose andre jackson jr the rook will give us uh something there but that once again is a could be bad because if andre jackson jr is playing legit minutes on that second unit that depth as you briefly mentioned at the beginning is what i worry about more than anything with them maybe not as much like there's defensive depth jay crowder good defender uh as Beauchamp, maybe good defender, at least, you know, a good three and D guy that he should be. And Andre Jackson is a plus defender already, probably. But I don't know what what that scoring is going to look like. They don't have a backup point guard after Dame. And you worry that if if Dame and, and, and Giannis and Brolo, even Middleton are playing less than 70 games, that you're going to be struggling to to win some of those games that maybe you were able to win with more depth that they had uh, last season. And you have a completely new coach who I frankly don't know that much about. Uh, but we're gonna have to see how he he handles these pieces. I, I I'm not a fan of Budenholzer, so I think it's probably an upgrade, and will will be to be determined. But yeah, I mean, my stance on the Bucks for now is, is not going to the window for for them to win that, win anything in in the playoffs here because I I got to see how Chris Middleton looks. I got to see how Brook Lopez still looks at 36, I believe, uh, because I think he's gonna be asked to do a lot defensively now that this is their roster construction. Right. Uh, but what I am going to do is be looking at some overs uh, early when they play. I think they're just going to be a great offensive team. Those guys, even just being individually, the 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 score, the thirty-seven point scorers that they could be. Um, and with the Celtics, now I, I might be looking at some some unders. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'll be looking at them. I think their win total is going to reset here. It was fifty-four and a half. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think they. Definitely have the potential to be a 60 win team here in the regular season. Uh, so we'll you can see bet that. that. Yeah. yeah. The 60 plus wins on FanDuel for the the Bucks is, and the Celtics is both plus 200. It is. Not that much juice for a really, really good season. My, my thing with these two teams is going to be how hard are they trying in the regular season? I understand the Bucks won 58 games last season. Giannis actually missed. Uh, he only played 60 something games last season. I think it was like maybe 68, 67 games last season. And Middleton obviously didn't even play for the first two and a half months, still had a, a huge strict uh, minutes and game restriction when he came back. Drew's the only guy playing, you know, above 75 games for this team. So I, with the regular season, I'm a little bit more concerned that they, they're trying to rest guys to just have Dame for the playoffs. I similarly feel that the the Celtics are, have might have, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of what I think is going to be their first not try hard season sort of where you enter that veteran status will win 52 games, 50 games, 51 games in the regular season and be perfectly fine with a top three seed. If we're healthy going into the playoffs rather than fight for a one seed and risk injury going into the playoffs. So I might be looking to fade them a bit more in the regular season. I actually did hit the bucks under 55 and a half wins as soon as it came out. Cause I thought it might go down a smidge. I know that that sounds crazy in, in theory, but I do see the ways that this could go wrong more than right. And not even wrong, but just like I said, not necessarily what I would call a regular season, try hard team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, I wouldn't have the gumption to go under on that. I just don't know what it's going to look like. We haven't seen Damian Lillard, on a winning team, on a winning roster in like five, six years. And we forget, like, I, I don't know if we really do know what it's going to look like on Portland. It was the wheeling, dealing fun, fun time. Uh, so, but, you know, when you just replace Drew Holiday with him, I think there is something to be said with the, the Bucks just being this, this, this defensive juggernaut that just steamrolled 
the Indiana Pacers and anyone else that was a mediocre team in the East and they'd be minus 17 every night uh, <laughs> because the, you knew they were just going to steamroll them. I mean, maybe that's not the case anymore. Maybe they are more right. bullseye team, uh, getting people's best efforts, getting into shootouts. That That's just going to be fun to watch. So I, I, I like liking some overs, but yeah, it might not yeah. lead to as many wins. Yeah, that's fair. I think one way that I, I will not necessarily, that I'll use these transactions is to fade Miami. Um, Miami, I did take at under 49 and a half wins when it opened because I just, I was like, well, until we know what's up with Dame, this whole thing is at a standstill. So I don't know why I would feel so confident that Dame is for sure going to end up on that team. Then it it went down to 48 and a half. And as soon as this trade happened, it went down to 46 and a half because part of that 48, 49 and a half was, well, they might and probably will get Dame. And if they don't, then they'll get somebody that they'll make a move off of that. And then Drew Holiday ends up on one of the worst situations for Miami, which is in Boston. So, I mean, when it comes to like really good, here's what I have. Maybe they'll get really lucky again. Maybe Jaime Jaquez is really, really, really good. Maybe Haywood Highsmith is really, really, really good and takes a huge leap. Maybe Tyler Hero plays completely out of his mind with his massive, uh, you know, crater size chip as well and is able to, to use that fuel to average 24 and seven assists a game. Um, more likely they lost Drews and Vincent. They didn't replace that three point shooting with, with Josh Richardson now able to get more minutes. Kevin love is currently listed as their starting power forward, which maybe you put Caleb Martin at power forward instead, which does that make you feel any better? Right. You you see where I'm going. Like, I, I feel like they're a team who had some outs and then the turn was the worst possible card that they could have possibly flipped over, uh, which was now drew on, on the bucks. That's don't don't expect the expected from Miami Heat though. Don't don't try to fade them because this happened. Um, now you you know maybe you actually get Jimmy Butler trying for an entire regular season because he's pissed that nobody came and joined him. You know last year we, they just completely fell off from the one seat to like are they even interested in the playoffs? Like we <laughs> it just was a complete mental like breakdown all season. Uh, so I I would yeah I would think maybe go the other way like. Mm-hmm. Oh, they lost their undrafted free agents who they turned into like to a $40 million players that, that other teams are going to pay. Like they, they'll pull on other guys like that. No, they'll be fine around the edges and they will be, you know, I think a four or five seed in the East. Heed, heed those words of caution from, from Nate, who I, I is re- recalling last season when we were all so quick to just write them off rightly so they didn't even win their first play in tournament game uh and then made it all the way to the finals where they clearly had no shot but they're not going to catch anybody by surprise like that i think the regular season is where i'm still concerned but like you said just zagging when when the zig is oh well now the heat are just screwed maybe maybe but we'll see to your point so uh, i I don't know that i have anything else for that part of it all i think at the end of the day I, i will add a couple more things that are in a different podcast that's up which is uh, I did uh, tail my guy Kareem, who was on the pod, talking about uh, a few like long shot bets that were just worth it in case they hit with like very small plays of like ten bucks on. Well, t- I say ten bucks, but like point one units for however much you're betting. Kareem's not really betting ten bucks on anything anymore, but it would it was basically the Knicks to win at like sixteen or twenty to one, depending on where you found it. Uh, the win the East, come out, come get the one seed there, and then not win, not come out of the East, but win the take the one seed and the one seed for the Cavs as well at twenty to one. They're a team that I do think is a little bit sneakier at this point that keeps continuing to fly under the radar that will be a regular season try-hard team for sure. Uh, and one that, you know, look, maybe the, the division is something that they can pull out. I do think they're well-equipped to match up with the front court of the Bucks at this point, depending on if 
if Mobley can take another leap, which I think he can. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, any any last words on on the Cavs or anything like that before we wrap? Yeah, nine and thirty against teams above five hundred or something like that. That 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 was the Cleveland Cavs record last year in games that meant something. Never short of conviction in his opinions. I'm going to keep you around here for just a minute for this football stuff. And so we'll come right back with that. All right, Nate, sticking around for some NFL talk here as it's late night here on Sunday. We're both hoping that these Chiefs can pull out a bit more of a victory than they have at halftime while recording. It's an eight-point game. Just need another point there from the chefs. Maybe a little safety. Who cares? Just need to win this this next half by a little bit. So I want to just run through the league. Nate and I, for, for full transparency as well, we go through a couple things each week in the NFL. We have a Pick'em League where we make five picks combined uh, to try to go 5-0 and each week or at least get the most wins by the end of the season for a pretty nice payout. We also have our NFL coast-to-coast show where we pick player props each week as well. So we are already talking about these games beforehand, and it's actually nice for me to have a, a nice little sort of like decompression session about these games. I don't think we're going to have an opinion about each one of them, but let's start with the London game. Jacksonville-Atlanta, I just want to say that was a game that we did pick I'll just start by saying I wanted, I felt really comfortable about it. You you tossed it out there originally, and I started feeling more comfortable about it as I looked deeper into these metrics where basically Jacksonville can move the ball on offense. Atlanta cannot move the ball on offense. And those are two things that I'm taking away as we go through each one and say buy, sell, if we're buying or selling any aspect of this. What I'm yeah. buying is one, that the Jags can move the ball and the Falcons cannot. Two, that the uh, that, that's a huge part of what drives me to believe in betting on a team is do I believe you can actually get freaking first downs more than once on a drive? Do I think you can put two or three or four of them together? And the teams that continue to put together the first downs are the teams that seem to overachieve compared to what the status of their roster would be. I think that's going to be Jacksonville in a lot of games. And that that Houston matchup last weekend was just a really bad matchup for them. Um, nah, I might sell both teams in this matchup, but sell harder on the Falcons. Cause I mean, what we're talking about is fading quarterbacks that don't gain the respect of the opposing secondary <laughs> so desmond ritter yeah you can you can just let your wide receivers in single coverage you can swarm to the ball on Bijan. i mean we've seen the falcons offense is one of the worst five probably in the league and we've seen them just completely exposed in these last couple weeks the packers that they're winning coming coming back to beat the packers now it is not looking very great because the packers also got trucked by the lions and are just not very good either Right. On offense in the same type of situation. I did not come away completely convinced by the Jaguars offense. That's I think fair. it's still a weird like tug of war with Press Taylor calling the plays here and he probably shouldn't be. Uh maybe Doug Peterson should be, but it, it it just doesn't quite seem right. I mean, how can they not get keep Calvin Ridley involved after the debut he had? Uh yeah, yeah. the running game not great. Offensive line not great. Lawrence had to make a lot of plays under pressure. So I I'm not high on the Jags who now get the absolute juggernaut bills in London next week. Yeah. Interestingly, the, the, they are the juggernaut bills right now. Interestingly, the, the Jags are in, are in a division that nobody wants to win. I, I'm not going to bet on the AFC South because nobody wants to win it. The Titans who we were leaving for dead won today as well, 27 to three. Uh, and then the Colts also lost a game that they came back, but they still didn't win. And then in the in the other South, in the NFC South, you look at how the, the Bucks are now in the driver's seat. The Saints lose to the Bucks. The Falcons lose as well. The Panthers were never for real. They lost to the Vikings, despite the Vikings throwing up all over themselves and trying to lose that game. So uh, th- there's a couple of things there. Like, I just don't know that anybody in the AFC South I trust, other than the Bucks, based predominantly on 
Baker is playing fine enough to beat mediocre teams until he shows me otherwise. And the Saints are, very, are the definition of mediocre. And then uh, the, that defense is is as good as we some people thought it was and better than I think a lot of people thought it was with the defensive backfield still tops in the league. Uh, the linebacking core, despite being hurt today, was incredible as well, stopping the run. So even with Al- Alvin Kamara back, anything else that you're buying or selling, I'm definitely like buying that the Bucks are better than we thought. I'm selling that the Saints are going to be capable of beating teams as good or better than them. Yeah, I, I like your take. I think the Bucks are just like, you know, the fastest guy in a group of slow guys, you know, yeah. like they just there you go. they're just like a fundamentally sound football team in a, in a division where other teams are going to make a lot of mistakes where the Saints are very well coached under Dennis Allen. Derek Carr probably just shouldn't have been playing. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to sell the Saints now that they get Kamara back, they get, get him a little more acclimated. I think they have the potential to be a very good offensive team at some point down the line here. Uh, I just think, yeah, for this particular week, uh, they they did not have much. And and for the AFC South, yeah. still think it's the Jaguars. Yeah, I, okay. I, I think, yeah, if, if you, on that note, though, I think one of the biggest shocks for me is, is the Titans looking good okay. against the Bengals defense because the Titans have the worst offensive line in football. And... I mean, Vrabel does a great job scheming it up, but to be able to just, you know, do whatever they wanted against the Bengals to just be a step ahead, like, uh, man, it, it looks like it looks over. for, for no, I, It does. And that's what I told you on text earlier was like, don't believe that this means the Titans are good. Believe that it means the Bengals are as bad as we thought yeah. they were. And the interesting team in the AFC South now is the Texans who beat the, the Steelers. And quick takeaways there. I'm buying that the Steelers are garbage because Kenny Pickett's garbage. That's not fair. He just got really hurt today. So, like, you know, prayer, thoughts and prayers for sure. Mitch Trubisky is going to come in, though, uh, and take over that team. So I don't think it's going to make it much better. Don't love the Steelers because, once again, it's if you don't have a quarterback that can move the ball, that's what we're both saying here, then, then you don't buy it. The Texans, let's tread somewhat lightly because they have so many holes in key areas like the, the offensive line. But let's be very clear. C.J. Stroud is good at quarterback, and he's going to be good in the NFL. And he has – Two uh, receivers that no one really thought of coming into the season, Nico Collins and Tank Dell. Uh, and I believe in both of those guys. So, I, you know, with Robert Woods out there as the vet, Dalton Schultz is, st- is actually starting to put things together with him. Damian Pierce had his first game, which you called over 50 yards. That's a team that if they're still at a, they were six and a half to, to one before today to win the division. That's going to look a lot less probably cut in half. Strangely, their next four games are against the NFC South, the Titans, uh, oh, after their bye here. So just all in a row. And then they get the Bengals, who we just said are talking about the Texans, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and then they get the Cardinals. Uh, so yeah, and the and they're home against the Broncos here, and they get Zach Wilson's Jets. So yeah, I mean it's it is wheels up in terms about. of wins for for Houston. I think down the stretch, they're definitely looking like they're going to smash that win total. Yeah, uh, with CJ Stroud being better than almost every quarterback we listed there, at least Joe Burrow on one leg. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it looks pretty promising there. Um, despite all their injuries on defense and on the offensive line, they're just still looking looking really good. AFC South, you can still get them at plus 475. Longest odds to win the AFC South are the Houston Texans. Nate just read you off the simplicity of their schedule, the ease of their schedule, combined with everybody else just doesn't want it. One week to the next, I think the Titans took advantage of a good, of an awful Cincinnati Bengals team right now with a Joe Burrow that is not Joe Burrow. So uh, AFC East, Miami... <laughs> scores 70 then gives up 48 and scores 20 um i mean I, I saw some of that game there was a really good defensive effort by by the bills 
the Bills on offense are as good as any team in the league, despite what you might have thought coming in here, how, how good Miami is. The gap, if Miami's offense is better, it's not by much, and it might not be better at this point. So what, what I do with this is I'm not selling the Dolphins necessarily. I think they, they got out coached today, which is interesting because we were kind of all praising Mike McDaniel for a while. I think that I, I was saying before this game, don't just we're, we're, we've gone too far the other way with the bills, especially when people were betting on the commanders for them was like, we, we've gone too far away from this. That was the fluke here was the jets game. Not everything that happened since then. And I think that for, for now, like they've, they've still like reassert reasserted that they are the, the best team in the AFC East. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if not the best team in the AFC, AFC yeah, uh, as it looks right now, but, yeah, I mean, what's interesting with the Dolphins is Bill Belichick really put this blueprint out there in week two. Um, right. Sean McDermott copies it a little bit, but with better personnel. And they made Tua look bad for the first time all season. They took Tyreek Hill away. If you had the balls to say, I'm going under on Tyreek Hill's prop, that was a call uh, to make. Which I thought about for a second, but did not have the balls to put that on video yeah. in player props. But yeah, they going with the three high safety at one point, you know, just bracketing him. Bills did lose Tredavious White, though, for the season, uh, mm. which is a big deal. It's part of the reason their defense was looking so good these last three weeks. They finally got an elite cornerback um, back in the lineup that is cornerback, and and they, right. both those safeties, uh, Micah Hyde also, and DeMar Hamlin, looking healthy. But, yeah, we'll yeah. see how good their defense is down the line. Dolphins, yeah, you still just got to base it on the matchup and the personnel. You know, try to think about it from that line is do they have – what the Patriots and Bills were able to introduce in terms of personnel to slow this team down. Um, and you know McDaniel's going to have counters because he is a really good offensive coach. Yep, yeah, don't don't worry about that. Uh, like, don't, don't worry about the Dolphins not being for real just because the Bills did put together uh, a really good game plan with the best possible personnel for that game plan that, that the Dolphins have seen so far without question. Uh, the Pats, despite what they might have tried to do, they don't have the personnel, which they showed today when they lost 38-3. to to the Dallas Cowboys, which was never a game. Um, it was 21 to three, uh, halftime 17 to nothing in the second half there for, for the Cowboys. Mac Jones, once one, a fadeable quarterback, continued, I mean, against the best defensive uh, unit and pass defense in the league, no no questions. Like you can say how good that the, the San Francisco 49ers defense is. I still think it's got it's one step below the Cowboys when it comes to specifically defending the pass. Defending the run is another thing, but when you you're already up, you know, 21 to 3 before the blink of an eye or 18 to 3 before the blink of an eye and then 21 to 3 at the half, uh, you know, there's just there's no game plan that the the Pats could run with the people that they have on their offensive unit that would be able to bring them back. So I'm buying that the Cowboys are still good. The, the Cardinals might not be as bad as we think. Regardless, that was another fluky situation. It's an any given Sunday type of league in, in the right moments. I'm, I'm not selling on the Cowboys at all. I'm continuing to believe them in them as a top three team in the NFC. And I'm going to continue to bet on them in the right situation, especially at home like this, where Dak is way better. Uh, and, and for as far as uh, the Pats go, like, any thought that they were, I mean, I hit them under seven and a half to wit before the season. I haven't been betting on them since, and I don't continue to plan on betting on them without like a really, really good, valuable line. Toughest schedule in the NFL for the Patriots. And when you think about it, even from a spot perspective, they go to Dallas after Dallas just lays an egg looking ahead to this game yeah. and just comes out like with, with their hair on fire. Like, yeah, I mean, they look like the best pass team as the league this week, last yeah. week, not, you know, it's because, yeah, they were they were ready to bounce back completely. Uh, but we do have a really juicy one, Dallas at San Francisco next Sunday night. Mm -hmm. be interesting to watch the line on that one. 
Um, yeah, over over under uh, nine replays of in during the game of Terrell Owens standing on the star and getting tackled when he was on the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be watching Christian McCaffrey. I am a little disappointed that he went off so much this week against Arizona. I mean, not that Dallas isn't aware of what he can do, but I think now he'll be like bracketed, triple teamed on every route, and so it's really going to be up on Purdy to. Uh, to make them make them pay with other uh, guys, I think. Yeah, yeah. Death taxes and Chris McCaffrey in the end zone. Very last thing I just want to ask you about: what's your what's your uh, your your final thoughts on the the Eagles game where they had to win in overtime against the division rival uh, Commanders? Because what I do with it is, I buy that the Commanders are bad. That was the takeaway for yeah. the jump. They're still bad. The Eagles it was a, just a bad game for them. It was a trap game at home where they haven't played well against these Commanders. Lost to them at home last season. They just let them come in and and they're uh, take them unawares essentially, and they did just were lackadaisical outside of AJ Brown making a bunch of big receptions. This offense looked like it didn't care really. It should have been completely fine, like much better uh, running the ball all day. It's just going to be a situa- situational s- scenario for them, and they still came back and won a game that they easily could have lost uh, by three to help me on my teases with them. But they obviously didn't cover the eight and a half. And that's fine. Like, you don't pick them to cover in situations where they're just massive home favorites in a situation where the team coming in has a lot to play for, coming off a loss and really believing that they can hang with their in-division rival, despite the fact that Ron Rivera is not a good football coach. So that I, I'm, I'm buying both these teams showing us what they've been for the for most of the season. The Eagles are still the best roster probably in the, in the league, and the commanders still just don't have what it takes in key areas like offensive line to necessarily be able to hang with teams that are better than well, the Eagles have lost like four or five defensive starters, like also key true. defensive guys all over the place. So, I mean, that's what I take away is, is Sam Howell suddenly having the best game of his career. Like, oh, this Eagles secondary and, and linebacker core is banged up. Um, and it's just Jalen Hurts, his timing's off, his accuracy is off, um, you know, without his OC. Now a new a new OC in there, no Shane Steichen. It's, it just looks a little rocky. They do get the Rams and Jets here, but then three of their next four, Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs. So if you are trying to fade the Eagles by taking Cowboys to win that division, something along those lines, yeah. uh, you want to do it before that stretch. Yep, that's 100% right. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, there's there's points in the season that you can look at where the Eagles have like three or four games in a row that are super winnable and, and much easier for them. And then all of a sudden, they got like Cowboys, Niners, Chiefs all up in there. Got some other nasty nastiness as well. So, yeah, I agree. I think there's plenty there. I'm going to uh, go ahead and make sure that if, if you're listening to this, that we, we I write down exactly who we're buying and selling as we move forward. Uh, and Nate and I will probably continue to uh, to bring some of that to you here. At least I will, even if Nate's unavailable, because I'll be talking to him about all this stuff uh, and, and collaborating anyway. So, Beefy, appreciate the time coming on again, my man. You got it. All right, cool. Well, that's all the time we have for you guys in this one. Going to continue to bring you these uh, Sunday night ones. I I really like getting the the post-NFL action out to you guys. You can have it, especially Monday morning when you're driving to work and all that. So until I do talk to you next, happy betting.